Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their Elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at it on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. If you're looking to throw some optics on your turkey gun this spring, look no further than the Vortex Defender ST. This is the red dot we're going to be running this season. We're excited about it. This thing's built like a tank, super lightweight, super long battery life, everything you need in a good turkey red dot. And if you want to get a discount on that red dot or any other Vortex Optic, go to eurooptic.com and use the code SGN10 to get a discount. That's eurooptic.com, code SGN10. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. All right, guys. And first on the line, we have our buddy Shay Reed coming in from Arkansas. Shay, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Awesome, brother. Appreciate you making some time for uh, tonight. I know you just got back from a hunt. First of all, i got to ask you, how did your hunt this afternoon turn out? Uh, well, I went, actually went this morning. Uh, I hunted a spot. Uh, I found some red oaks that were falling a few days ago. Uh, first time I was able to go in a few weeks. and uh, I didn't see anything this morning in there. Uh, I hunted that spot the other evening and saw three deer, one little buck, but that was about it. But that's kind of what I'm going to start focusing on finding food source, you know, acorn trees and stuff that are dropping now. Well, yeah, let's jump straight into it. I mean, right now it's uh, December the 6th, you know, you know, for majority of, of the United States, you know, it's kind of that, you know, that post rut, you know, maybe starting to get into a little bit of that secondary rut uh, for any does that maybe have not been bred, uh, you know, leaving out a couple states like Alabama, maybe some Southern Louisiana, Mississippi that has a later rut. But, you know, when it comes to this time frame, first of all, you know, has the deer activity, in your opinion, been kind of slower lately, or how has the deer activity changed 
in the last, say, month up until this point? Like, what have you seen different uh, in that time frame? Yeah, the, the rut activity, uh, for sure, here where I'm at, has slowed down. Uh, I've got cameras out that I've been monitoring, uh, some cell cameras. I'm still getting some, some pictures, but I'm not getting the, uh, the good bucks like I was or like I was seeing, you know, couple weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, but I, I believe for the most part our main rut is pretty much over now i think we will have a secondary rut which we typically always do and it probably will come in here in the next couple of weeks you'll start seeing scrapes open back up and the classic you know pre-rut type stuff that you saw before the, the main rut but uh as like i said as far as right now just actually seeing bucks chasing does I, I think that's pretty much over with. Well, you know, let's get, well, let's kind of jump into just kind of tactics wise. You know, this is something, you know, since you know we're getting to this time of the year, getting into December. Uh, you know, a lot of things are changing. You know, you know, majority of the United States is going from you know that that hard running activity. You know, deer has been chasing for a long time. You know, they're getting worn down. They're going to be turning towards more food sources right now, especially as the weather gets worse. You know. How does your tactics change, you know, this time frame up until, say, Christmas? And what are you targeting food source-wise in your area to try to find some of these deer that you've been chasing all year long? Okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, from now until even up, you know, through January, we'll still have – I'll be targeting, going back to targeting acorns and, uh, you know, uh, acorn trees that are dropping. A lot of red oaks. We have a lot of red oaks here that drop later in the winter, and uh, those are always good. Like I said, the deer are going to be hitting all these food sources as we get closer, you know, into this, these hard winter months. But typically, that's what I look for right now, uh, all the way up into January. Even I'm kind of looking for acre trees that are dropping, or maybe a honey locust tree that's got some late song pods or something like that. And then, kind of when those kind of play out if I'm still trying to go, you know, into January, you know, maybe toward February, I'm going to be probably having to target like green fields, you know, food plots or maybe winter wheat that a farmer has next to some public ground that I hunt. There's some areas that plant these surrounding fields. I might kind of target them and catch them, kind of hunt between the field and the bedding, what I consider the bedding areas. I always kind of gravitate back toward the, the bedding. It's always kind of in my plan, but you know, it's just like when I'm hunting these uh, acorn trees or they're wide open woods, I typically don't hunt them. They have to be close to thick thickets and thick areas for me to target them because a lot of that activity in the wide open woods, at least where I hunt, in these pre- it's, this place is so pressured where I've been most of my hunting, it gets hunted so hard that the deer, at least the good deer, they typically don't feed in those open woods after dark. So I kind of like to target target the trees around the thicker cover. Yeah, and that's I was gonna say that's something that we've done as well and had success with. Now, in your area, you know, you're so for any of our listeners that don't know, you know, you're hunting in eastern Arkansas, and you know, predominantly hunting a mostly public land. You know, what are you targeting for bedding cover? I mean, are you just trying to find the thickest, nastiest crab, or is there anything that you kind of found a pattern with? When you're kind of locating bedding cover, you know, how are you finding those deer? And then where are you kind of pinpointing them in their bedding areas? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, typically bedding, uh, I always look for thick, you 
know, the thickest, nastiest stuff. Uh, I love to hunt around swamps and stuff. But later on, as it gets cold, it's like from now, you know, through the end, toward the end of the season, two of the bedding cover types that I really like to target. Uh, they're good any time, but they're really good, it seems like, in the later winter months are cedar thickets and uh, sagegrass fields, big grown-up thick sagegrass, CRP type stuff. Uh, I don't know. I think that maybe they provide more warmth for the deer and they just kind of stay in those, you know, they're like more of a windbreak type stuff. So there might be some of these open, more open type swamp, you know, with a buck brush type stuff. I think the, the cedar thickets and, and things like that uh, provide a little more windbreak. It seems like a lot of the deer gravitate more to them in the later winter months. I've got a question for you. Uh, this is me talking. I'm sure other listeners are probably interested in this. You know, you're talking, you know, cedar thickets. You know, once I moved up to Tennessee, I've started to see more and more cedar thickets. We're back in Alabama. That just wasn't a thing. You know, we just had pine, you know, pine thickets, you know, mostly hunting pines down there. Uh, when you're hunting, a, when you're looking for a cedar thicket to think and find that it's good bedding, are you are you trying to find something that has a lot more underbrush in the cedar thickets so or the cedar the 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 cedar trees are a little more spaced out? Or are you trying to find that tight close? It's kind of open canopy up underneath it, but it really kind of blocks the wind. Like where are you kind of finding these deer and what do those cedar thickets really look like uh, to kind of give us a, an idea of what to be looking for? Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the cedar thickets that I hunt over here in this particular area of wildlife management area that I do most of my hunting is uh they are thicker, you know, a lot of times you have to kind of not really get down on your hands and knees and crawl through them, but I mean, they are thicker. You're not going to be able to walk upright through them, you know, they're not like they're going to be a roll of pines or anything like that, but, uh, and a lot of them will have a lot of, you know, thicker underbrush, um, and I don't necessarily get into the center of them because, I mean, there's really, you know, no way to hunt them like that, but always target the edges of them, you know, and uh, set up, and then, you know, even even going back to, like we were saying, these scrapes and stuff, when they start opening back up, I mean, typically all that activity is going to be on the edges, you know, deer edge animals. So that's where your scrapes going to be. That's where, you know, a lot of the, the deer activity is going to be. And you can just, uh, you know, get on downwind sides of them. You know, and bonus, bonus is you can find good acorn trees that are dropping on the downwind side, you know, and kind of target them like that. That's typically what I do. Uh, and same way with the sagegrass and CRP, uh, you know, I, I, I typically hunt the edges of it because it's uh, that's typically where all the, the deer activity tends to be. I love to hunt points too that go out into these fields mm-hmm. uh, and even into cedar thickets. A lot of times, if you look on a map, you'll see a hardwood transition around the edge of a cedar thicket, and if there's a point that kind of juts into that thicket, that's just a great place to set up. It's like a I don't know, I, I almost look at it like a runway for the deer. They all focus to that one area to come in and out, you know, for that thicket. Mm-hmm. Same way with the, uh, same way with the uh, C, I mean, with the CRP and the uh, sagegrass. Yeah, and the more and more you, you talked about this, you know, definitely a lot of places are coming to mind that I've either scouted in the past or have, you know, looked on the map that, you know, really are true examples of what you're talking about. So maybe that's something I need to kind of check out, especially – we start having some colder, nastier weather, you know, getting into, you know, later December. Um, now, the good thing about you guys over in Arkansas, I mean, y'all have such a long season. Uh, this year, is it going to the end of February, or what's the what's the end date uh, for yeah, Arkansas? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the end of 
pretty sure it's February the 28th. That's what it typically is. It's been mm. like that for years. Um, you know, I usually, by the end of January, I'm pretty well done. Usually I don't do a whole lot of hunting in February, but you can, uh, if you're wanting just to kill deer, you know, uh, February can be a great month to, to target them because a lot, most, you know, a lot of people are done for sure. And, uh, and you know, just like in January, they're definitely going to be on food sources and they kind of congregate. You know, anything at that time in this part of the country, anything that's green, they just flock to it. Honeysuckle is another great thing to target late winter months because it stays green and they'll really that'll be it too. All right, perfect. Well, Shay, we appreciate you, man, coming on for today and kind of giving us a lowdown of you know, you know, what's been going on with you lately, but also you know, what are you going to be targeting? you know, next month or so when it comes to just food sources, try to get back on these deer, you know, especially talking public land. So, man, we appreciate it. And hopefully uh, you have a, a great shift at work uh, coming up and then uh, have a great rest of your year, brother. I appreciate y'all. Same to y'all. I hope everybody out there has a good, great season. All right, guys. And next on the line, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Jonathan Bone, old Catman Outdoors. Jonathan, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing awesome, man. I hope you like that intro. Man, uh, we've got a lot of listeners that really enjoy your content, enjoy your YouTube channel, and uh, I know they're going to be excited to listen to you on this week's episode of The Buck Report. Good deal. Well, uh, what you got going on? <laughs> well, that's what we're here to ask you, man. I, I know you've been busy lately. Uh, first of I all, have. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, give us a little rundown of how your season's been going so far this year. And uh, kind of what you've been doing the last uh, week or two. I know you've been doing some late uh, fall turkey hunts, which is pretty interesting. I did. Uh, there's a, I won't say where, but a certain area I opened a turkey hunt. It's actually open till the end of this weekend, but I've got a draw hunt this weekend. I'll be back after the deer. Um, yeah, work has been real busy this time of year, so it's just it's tough for me to get in the woods as much as I'd like to. And honestly, I. It's hard to stay on top of deer movement when you only get out once or twice a week, but I've been I've been going at it whenever I can. Yeah, no, I understand that, man. That's a that's a struggle with all of us. That's that's me lately. I haven't hunted Tennessee since uh, the week before Thanksgiving, and uh, since I've been back, it's just been work after work and work. And then on the weekends, I'm going down to Alabama to hunt down there. The rut's kicking right now for most of the area, so I'm actually going back down this uh, this weekend. So. I don't know. I was supposed to go hunting this afternoon. I had a customer of mine call me. wanted to uh, oversee a quote. So wasn't able to go hunt with old uh, Derek Wood this afternoon. So that that, that kind of that was a downer. But hopefully I can get out this afternoon. Or not this afternoon, but this uh, later this weekend and try to have some luck, man. But let's kind of jump straight into it. You know, this year uh, for me has been pretty well. You know, how, how would you rate this year so far for you? You know, 1 to 10. You know, 1 being absolutely horrible to 10 being, you know, dynamite year so far. Um, I'd say it's it's not higher than a five. It's maybe a three or four. I can't say it's been terrible. I've been I've been hunting a bunch, seen some deer, seen a shooter. Uh, but it's I've been having trouble staying on top of deer. Like like I'll I'll find sign and they're I'll I'll set up a window be right and they're not there. And it seems like they're just going from one place to another. Uh, a lot of that has to do with in this particular area, there's been a huge bumper crop of red oak acorns. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling they've just been bouncing around because they don't have to go from, you know, one bed to, to like one food source. They can just kind of wander around. And it's hard to stay on top of them if you're not in the woods every day. Yeah, and I've noticed that too because you and me hunt that same uh, property in a couple different same areas. 
uh, or at least region of the states. And I've noticed that too, that the red oaks have really put these deer all over the map. I mean, you know, like you said, yep. you can find sign everywhere, but it doesn't mean they're going to be there the day you're hunting, uh, which is kind of a downer. Um, so, you know, trying to find those pockets of, of daylight movement is it's pretty rough right now. I know uh, our buddy Derek, or my buddy Derek uh, Wood's been out there uh, all week this week, and it's the first time he's ever hunted that uh, that area, that, that uh, unit. And uh, he's struggled to find deer, and he, he's normally pretty tried and true finding deer. He's found a lot of sign, found a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of scrapes reopening back up for this secondary rut, but hasn't been able to lay eyes on many deer, so it's, it's kind of it's kind of a downer right now. But let's kind of jump straight into the topic for this buck report, which, you know, we normally cover uh, buck activity, deer activity, you know, you know, throughout the season. But one thing I'd like to hit on for this week's episode is kind of that later season uh, hunting tactics, you know, especially going into December. Now, I'll say, you know, majority of our listener group, you know, it's kind of that post-rut time or late rut right now where Alabama is starting to now get a little hot. Mississippi's kind of the same way and also Louisiana. But, you know, kind of go over with us. Can I explain to us, you know, what are you going to be doing in December? I know you have that draw hunt coming in, but what are you going to try to do December to try to find these deer and get on these deer, especially try to harvest one of these big bucks you've been chasing? Well, first of all, I'll say – my biggest bucks I've got on camera are on a piece of private property that's bow only. I can only bow hunt it, and they—it's uh, very difficult to hunt there. There's a, there's a whole lot of thicket, and there's a lot of red oaks right in the bedding, and they, there's really not much pattern to their movement. So that's kind of just going to be blind luck, you know, if I get a shot at one of those bucks. But as for public land or anywhere else, um, I'd say we're coming in. We're gonna we're coming into the second rut here, I think, pretty soon. Usually it's right around, like right before or right around Christmas time, and it'll just be your odd doe that didn't get bred, or even maybe even a doe fawn that got big enough to come into the first heat cycle. And I think uh, the best thing I think what I plan on doing is just you know hunt the same way I hunt, and if I want to if I want a shot at a buck, I just gotta you know sit it out and wait. And just keep hunting, hunting the fresh deer sign, the terrain features, or whatever I would normally hunt. Yeah, let's kind of touch on that. Uh, our last uh, interviewer we had on was Shay Reed, buddy of ours from Arkansas. And we kind of hit on, you know, some of the different habitat types that he's trying to chase in these deer and how to find, you know, some of these bedding areas. Right now, in his area, hunting yeah. eastern uh, Arkansas, he's focusing on cedar thickets and then also some of these overgrown, kind of like uh, overgrown fields, uh, whether it's yeah, extra CRP or whatever. That, yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that CRP fields. Now that it's rifle season, I have been and plan on doing more of hunt, hunting over CRP fields now that I've got a portable lock-on and a saddle where I can climb these nasty hackberry trees or ash trees that are that got a million branches. I can actually get up on some of these fence rows and overlook fields that I used to not be able to hunt. Mm-hmm. And I plan on doing that with my 308 just to cover some ground. I usually hunt down in the thickets where I can't see very far, but I think the deer feel pretty safe in those growing up fields. And if you can get up high enough, as high as possible in a tree, looking down into one of those fields, I think that actually might be my best bet at, at shooting a, a late rut buck here on public or private land. Yeah, and I, I've been thinking about the same thing. When Shay, when I had Shay on previously. Uh, we we were talking about that. And he, when he brought that up, it actually made me think of a couple spots I know of uh, down on the property we call the Cadillac Track. And uh, anyways, it's it's just one of those places that 
you know, he, he's a big proponent of, you know, finding some of those, you know, open kind of sage grass or just, you know, overgrown pastures, hay fields, whatever you want to call them, whatever they are, um, and trying to find these little tiny fence rows that run up in, in them or little points of timber and hunting those points, and he has really good success doing that. And I've already know a couple of different yeah. spots. Once he said that, that kind of jumped to my mind that definitely if you're not hunting, I mean, I don't know I don't know if you can get a lock on in some of those trees. They're just so freaking nasty. But I'm thinking maybe you could wiggle yeah. up in them with a saddle, kind of like what you were talking about, and kind of get in there to be able to oversee all that and be able to you know, take the rifle with you and hopefully be able to get a good buck. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's uh, that'll be one of my tactics for sure, not just for bucks, but for late-season does as well. Mm-hmm. I usually donate a deer to Hunters for the Hungry, the program we have here in Tennessee, and uh, I have not donated one yet this year. I've only killed three deer, and I've been using a lot of the meat, so I'm trying to kill a couple more does just to donate, but I would like to get in a few good sits here this month, and also at the end, very end of season, the end of this month, and first week of January before season closes, because on public, you have a lot less pressure, and a lot of those deer and bucks will start coming back to more, you know, more open patterns where they're more visible where, where they're not hiding from you know the orange army mm-hmm. they actually start coming coming out of the cracks towards the end of the season now kind of i know we had talked previously before just you and me talking that you know you like hunting uh cedar thicket especially with the muzzler with the rifle in certain situations kind of kind of talk yeah. to us about that real quickly because i mean up here in tennessee there's a lot of cedar thickets and a lot of this public land that we hunt on you know I definitely have struggled in some of those areas to try to figure out how to hunt them, whether to actually go in the cedar thickets, hunt off the ground, because you can't get up in a tree and see anything, or try to find, no. like what Shay was talking about previously on this episode, of finding these little points of timber that kind of push up into the cedar thickets and hunting those edges and those transition areas. But, you know... Yeah, edges are good, mm-hmm. but as, as edges are definitely good. Depends on, you know, where they're bedding and where they're going to, to feed. Uh, a lot of times, they'll just use a cedar thicket as, as a quiet safe way to travel from bedding to feeding sometimes they'll bed in the cedar thickets depending on you know the situation i like to sit down where where you, you stand up the type of cedar thicket i'm talking is where you stand up you can't see anything but you sit down and you can see under all the branches and shoot 20 30 40 yards mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's still pretty thick here i mean you're setting up for likely a bow range shot but you're using a rifle and it's real easy to get picked off you don't have much to blend into most of the time. The cedar tree trunk is not very good at breaking up your silhouette. I get picked off a lot by deer coming in close, but I've still killed a bunch that way just by managing to squeeze off a shot before they busted me. Yeah, because no, I've thought about I have a spot that I think would definitely work out with that uh, with that kind of tactic of being able to hunt these cedar thickets that, again, like when you're standing up, you know, you get branches in your face, you can't see anything. But then if you, you, know, you crouch down, kneel down, or sit down, you can see uh, and I think yep. that might would be an efficient place to hunt in some of these areas where, you know, some of these deer are getting pushed in there and the average guy's not going to, you know, hunt like that. I, I don't believe they will be. Um, now, when it comes to... Most people won't. I think most people won't hunt that way because you can't see very far and it's just too tempting to hunt over open hardwoods with acorns or an open field. When you got a rifle in your hands, you can shoot a couple hundred yards. You don't want to sit in a thicket where you're shooting... 25 30 yards so i think that's why people avoid it and the deer feel safe because they can really quietly sneak through there yeah exactly and that's what i've been having a lot of my successes in these thicker areas even with hunting with a rifle you know if i can see past my rule of thumb is if you can see past 70 yards uh you're, you're probably not in the right spot at least in the majority of the areas that i'm hunting that i'm finding a lot of deer in 
Um, and, and that now I will say one exception to that is the CRP fields mm-hmm. and then the very end of season. Mm-hmm. I've killed them in open crop fields uh, end of season. Yeah. Doe groups coming out, and I've hunted with buddies who have, were hunting a couple fields over last week in the season. Public land, it's been hammered. People come in and set up on those fields from muzzleloaders through Thanksgiving weekend. And I've, I didn't see any bucks a couple of times I sat out in those fields, but I've had buddies who were two fields over and had shooter buck come out into the field with other bucks and does, and they're just out in a field by the road that everyone was walking through just a few weeks earlier, and people were hunting hard. Yeah, and, and that's one thing I think you told me about, too, is, you know, a lot of these places out here have a you know, quite a bit of ag on them, and then, you know, they cut them, and they, I guess they, do they reseed them, uh, like a cover crop of, like, winter wheat? Yeah, they'll, they'll top sow them, or sometimes they'll drill winter wheat, they'll, they'll plant winter grasses. It, I think that might even be, uh, like, some type of USDA or EPA deal to uh, re- to reduce erosion just from the bare dirt. They need, you know, they got to plant something to grow roots and hold the ground together mm-hmm. throughout the winter. Well, yeah, so I mean, that's another topic or another tactic that could probably be efficient, especially later on in the season. Now, what food sources are you targeting, you know, in the month of December going into, you know, your last week of January, the first week of January, last week of the season? You know, what are you targeting, especially on public land, and how are you going about executing some of those spots? Well, with acorns, it depends on the year, of course, your acorn crop. If your acorns are starting to get all eaten up where they're getting more scarce, it can be really good if you find what's left. This year, there's not going to be anything scarce. I think there will still be red oak acorns in the turkey season. Uh, but uh, as it gets colder and more of the grasses, warm season grasses and plants die off, you get less and less browse. And, and so I like to go towards the greenest areas sometimes if I'm not on acorns. Uh, even creek bottoms in the woods that are real green or even those open ag fields if they haven't been hunted recently. Uh, anything, anything green for them to eat on. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed, by any chance, uh, just with you hunting in these areas the last few years, deer really hitting or, or, or targeting privet at all and feeding on privet? Deer tear up some privet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, I've had, uh, I've found by accident, ever since my first bow kill, which was over six years ago now, I've found more than once where I go into a spot, there's too much privet, and I've got to cut shooting lanes because I'm bow hunting. So I'll cut some some of the privet branches out of the way and just leave them laying on the ground. I've had does come in that same evening and start eating on the, that fresh cut privet, mm-hmm. and they'll do that to other other uh, trees and shrubs as well. Something about a fresh cut branch of a of something green, they'll they'll almost always come in and eat on it. Well, awesome. Now, Jonathan, I'm going to think we're wrap it up. Uh, this has been a pretty good episode so far, but you know. Just for anyone that doesn't know, guys, so Jonathan runs a YouTube channel called Catman Outdoors. I think what what are you? Did you just break uh, twenty one thousand subscribers now? Um, something it's getting to twenty one thousand. I think you're you're close if you're not already there yet. But anyways, guys, Jonathan, you know, films all of his hunts, does a lot of cool content, you know, especially when it comes to uh, deer season, but also turkey season. So make sure y'all go subscribe to him, uh, Jonathan. If uh, anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, you know, how can they? get in touch with you, you know, either touch base with you or just be able to find your content? Uh, I would say if you want to get in touch with me at the moment, probably the best way is to go to my Facebook or Instagram and send me a message. That's how most people get in touch with me. Uh, I, I do plan on opening up 
a website here in the future, and I'll have contact info on there as well. But for the time being, I'll tell you social media on Facebook or Instagram would be the number one way to, to get in touch with me. Now, would they find you through uh, Jonathan Bone, or would they find you through uh, Catman Outdoors? Through uh, Catman Outdoors. I don't. I get a lot of friend requests on my private uh, Facebook page, but I don't accept a lot of them just because I, I try to keep it mostly to friends. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do have my Facebook page, Catman Outdoors, and my uh, Instagram awesome. as well. They both, if you search for Catman Outdoors, you'll find them on either side. All right, perfect, Jonathan. Well, man, we appreciate it. Definitely going to have to have you on. Uh, I know me and Andrew have been talking about having you on to do a full-length episode with you, just kind of talking about everything about you and Catman Outdoors in general, man. But, you know, with that being said, I hope your uh, draw hunt goes well this week and hope you can get a good deer on the ground, and uh, good luck for the rest of your season. Well, I appreciate it. It was good talking to you, Jacob. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast. This show was literally made for you. It is an excellent group of people that are going to be there. A lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there. You're going to get to talk to them, shake their hand, learn from them in person, make some connections. And guys, we get a lot of questions about Hey, which saddle should I get? Which tree stand should I get? What about this piece of gear? What about that piece of gear? How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.